God can speak to us, because he will. So, when you think of Christmas, what, what do you think of? Besides the obvious. Besides the obvious church answer, what do you think? Well, no, but... Good, then your parents can take them all back. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys think of? So... Christian, we were actually talking last night about uh, driving through one of, um, there was a drive through in Columbus that probably took, I don't know, what, 20 minutes? Longer than that? Yeah. But I mean, it was like full scale, like, moving lights, like, synchronized to music, like, yeah, pretty much. Like, have you ever seen the video of um, Transiberian Orchestra? Yeah, on like the houses and stuff, like it was legit. Yeah, like it was kind of like that. Um, but unfortunately, up here, they don't have that. So I'm sorry. But all right. Well, tonight, I'm just going to kind of read through the word and just kind of point out some things that maybe we have overlooked. Because how many of you know that sometimes we can get used to something? and not really think about it the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. You guys good? Oh, you heard. Okay, I got you. So, um, we're going to start in Matthew 1. Actually, no, sorry, Luke 1. My bad. Get your facts straight, Pastor Ryan. It says, in the sixth month, everybody say sixth month, of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this is Mary's aunt, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, let's just stop for a second. If an angel who has been before the face of God comes into this room right now, do you think we would be all ho-hum? Just sitting here being like, Yeah, I'm used to seeing an angel. No. We'd probably be on our face, right? (laughs) Now, I will say this. Angels are great, but God's face is better. And the reason that people were so freaked out by them is they were so bright. Why were they so bright? Because they literally were beholding the face of God, which is the sun shining in all of its strength. Just ask Moses. It changes you. He came down from the mountain veil. Do you guys know any of this? at his face because his skin was glowing. Most people depend on creams to make their skin glow. Yeah, Moses didn't have that and he was like in his 90s. So solution, get into God's face. Anyway, um, 
says, Gabriel comes to her and says, confused and disturbed. I think those are understatements. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. You're a stinking angel. Why wouldn't I be afraid? All right. The angel told her, For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this be? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative, I think she's his, I think she's her aunt, uh, Elizabeth, has become pregnant in her old age. I think she was like 90. Couldn't imagine that. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Can anybody tell me what Elizabeth's son was named? John the Baptist. Why was he called the Baptist? <laughs> I was a Baptist. I didn't have the name Baptist underneath my name. That's long, that's long gone now. But... Um, <laughs> He baptized people. Alright. Um, I love Mary's response. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Let me read that again. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. What if we said that in our own life? servant, let everything that you said about me come true. But let me tell you, you won't know what he says about you unless you spend time with him. Unless you crack open your word and let him guide you through it. Because how many of you know you can read the Bible and it can be dry as dirt? comes, he waters the ground to make it soft. Right? How many of you guys go to your Bible to do a devo, you read it, and you forget it? I will throw up all four of my limbs. Okay? The difference is when you invite Holy Spirit, who wrote the Bible, to open it for you so that you can know what he says about you. Because when you know what he says about you, you can be like Mary and say, let everything that you said about me come true. Because this book is alive. It's not dirt. It's not dry as dirt. Okay? This book is alive. So that's my challenge for this week is... May everything you said about me come true. Oh, Jesus, let it become true in my life. All right. Let's flip over to Matthew 1 real quick. 
congregation real quick. Matthew 1, 18. It's Matthew 1, verse 18. All right. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged. Everybody say engaged. To be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of Holy Spirit. Everybody say, uh oh. Did you not catch what I said? She was engaged to be married, but she became pregnant before. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, meaning divorce her. So he decided to break the engagement quietly, meaning the girl was freaked out. This would almost be a Jerry Springer show. I'm not joking. (laughs) Okay. Um, What's the equivalent? you to think about this. Like, they were, they were engaged, and God breaks in, and he does something so unconventionally that in natural terms, their marriage would have ended. Right? But God steps in. It says, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call, call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Let me just say this. Sometimes when something is beyond your control, God has to step in to encourage you. Right? That was better than you're letting on. If God calls you to something bigger than what you think that you can do, you can believe that it's God. And sometimes He will have to come in and encourage your heart to strengthen your heart because He wants you to be strengthened to do what He's called you to do. Right? One thing that I didn't say was Mary was a teenager. He was her, or she was her guy's age. She wasn't like Pastor Krista. She was 20 when we had our first son. When was younger than that. How many of you guys would be ready to raise a child now? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, we read these stories and we're just like, yeah, that's totally possible. <laughs> like, What? So God had to come in and strengthen Joseph. He had to tell him that Jesus was not a mistake. He had to tell him to not divorce Mary. Because this was all of part of his own plan. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Pharisees just divorce their wives no more, like for no apparent reason. God hates divorce. God hates divorce, but his people just don't care apparently. Alright. Enough of that. Alright. <laughs> Sorry. Now I want you to think about this also. Well, actually, let's let's go through Luke two and then. This is, this is probably the most famous verse. So it says, At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the whole Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. Everybody say, obviously pregnant. So they're not married yet. And they're walking through Jerusalem. And everybody knows that she's pregnant. Scandalous. Like, I'm, I'm serious. I, I'm not joking. <laughs> like, could you imagine walking through Jerusalem? Having all this going on? And people, the rich people gave you? I just want you to see it. Just see it for what it is. And while they were there, the time came for Jesus to be born. So she gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So there was no hotels open back then. Everybody's house was full because everybody was there for the census. So, they went into a barn. How many of you know that a barn stinks? Like dookie. Alright? There's, there's, no, there's no essential oils going. There's no Bath and Body Works candles being lit. There is manure everywhere. Alright? Like, I, I want you to get the, the picture. There's, there's animals eating hay, they're eating out of troughs, and it comes time for Jesus to be born. Oh, sister. So Jesus is born, and what does Mary do? She wraps him in strips of cloth, or King James, swaddling clothes, and lays him in a manger. What's the manger? A feeding trough. Sometimes I kind of wonder if the horses like started eating and got too close. Your mind can speculate. Um, but I, so here's a really, really cool thing that I found out. Priests, so in order to take away, not take away, but pay for your sin that you committed in the Old Covenant, you'd have to take a lamb that was spotless, unblemished, bring it to the priest, they would kill it on your behalf. What they used to do to keep it from being, or to keep it per 
perfect and unblemished was that they would wrap it in cloths. Does this make sense? Jesus is the Lamb of God. And his mom wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. He was the unblemished, spotless Lamb of God that died for you and he died for me. It's such a prophetic picture of what Jesus' presence on earth was supposed to be. He was the Lamb that was sent for us. you to think about one other thing. Well, actually, we'll, we'll just keep rolling. Jesus came through his mom like you and me. We didn't just appear, right? We started out as a little show inside of a mom, grew, mom was telling you got big, and when the time came, we came out, right? Jesus did the exact same thing. He came through the womb of a woman. Why is that important? Because Jesus wanted to be just like us. It says in Hebrews 2, let me go over there real quick. It says in Hebrews 2, 17, it says, Therefore it was necessary, everybody say necessary, for him to be made in every respect, not just some, every respect just like us. His brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away, not just pay for, take away. The old covenant only paid for it. He could take it away. Why? Because he was the spotless Lamb of God that died for you and for me. Guys, okay. <laughs> he wanted to be made like us in every single respect. What does that mean? It means that he learned how to walk. He learned how to talk. He learned how to ask for food. He learned how to respect his parents. He learned. Does this sound familiar? I had to do all this. Dare I say he learned how to go to the bathroom? Yes, he pooped in his diapers. He was just like us. But why did he do that? So that he knew what it was like to be human. How could God understand what it's like to be human unless he became like us? No other God has ever come down like Jesus. And that's why I love him so much. Because he understands me, but he calls me higher. He didn't just stay that way. Right? But if you think about it long enough, that the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, who sat on the throne, whose the earth is his footstool, he spoke everything into existence. He came through the womb of a woman. 
Do you understand how small that is? <laughs> the God who carries the galaxies in his hands became like me? That will mess you up if you really start thinking about it. You guys got anything? real quick and then we'll be done sorry I lost my spot it happens alright Luke 2 verse um, 8 it says that night there were shepherds standing in the fields nearby guarding the flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were used to it. Now listen to what this is. It says they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news. Everybody say good news. That will bring great joy to all people. Guys, we have good news. I'm so sick of bad news. I'm so sick of COVID news. I'm so sick of world news. I'm so sick of all of it. I have good news. What's the good news? That Jesus came for you and me and paid for our sin, took it away, he rose from the dead, and now he's filled us with Holy Spirit. That's good news. You don't have to be the same. You don't. It's good news. Right, I'm sorry. Me and my uh, me and my son were talking yesterday. He, um, I guess they were reading something about like I think like India or Arabia or something, and they started talking about. Islamic religion. And uh, I, I was doing some research just so that I could answer those questions rightly. And the gospel of Islam is that Allah is God and Muhammad is his prophet. How boring. How boring. I'm serious. Like, <laughs> yes, I'm hating right now. All right? Because Allah ain't real. <laughs> Jesus came, was a baby, who died, who rose again. That is good news. There's details. There's stuff that I can take to heart. That's good news. Alright, I'll get off my soapbox. He said, the Savior, yes, the Messiah of the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. Another sign. You will find the baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. They knew what that meant. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom 
God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know a whole lot about shepherds. When's the last time you saw a shepherd? Never. So we have zero context. So, let me give you some context. Before, like, so, from the beginning of time, so when God created the world, up until, I want to say, oh, they got um, exiled to Egypt. Being a shepherd was top-notch. Like, that was one of the best things that you could be. After Egypt, Egypt was a very agricultural society. So God's people lost their identity as shepherds and wanted to become agricultural. So when they got set free from Egypt, they came out of Egypt and shepherds went from top to lowest on the totem pole in the caste system. So they were outcasts. One, one spot that I was reading was saying that they were on the same level as a tax collector. Which back in the day, tax collectors were hated. I mean, hated. I mean, how would you feel if you got taxed and they would tax you four to five times what you were being taxed? They were stealing your money. So naturally, they were hated people. Shepherds were right along with them. Why does this matter, Ryan? It matters because God chose to let the bottom of the totem pole know that his son came just for them. I don't know where you guys are tonight, but this is where I want to end. You might feel so insignificant feel like nobody cares. You might feel like, you know, I have no friends, I don't talk to anybody, but I do know one who cares a whole lot. <laughs> and you know what? He chose to send his baby, his son, into not the king's palace, but a barn in swaddling clothes, in a feeding trough, because he wanted everybody to know that everybody has access to the Son of God. He's not just for the elite. He's not just for the popular. He's not just for whatever. He came for everybody. He came for the homeless. He came for those who feel on the bottom row. He came for you. He came for me. I'm so grateful that he did. This is, this is what Christmas means to me. Presents are great. Time with family is amazing. I mean, I have two kids, so it's always electric. It's just awesome. See their faces on Christmas morning. It's, there's nothing. But when I begin to think about how God came down, There's nothing that can take that place. Because he came for my sin when I spat in his face. And he died for me. It says in Romans 5, 8 that he 
even while we were still sinners and enemies of God, he died for us. He didn't wait for me to like him. He didn't wait for me to say, Oh, yes, Jesus, I'll give my life to you. Now go die for me. He, I'm just saying, he did it before. Hoping that I would give my heart to him. So, while we pray, 